Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Warzniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net, and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, and you can find it on Google Play Music, on the new Google Podcasts app, as well as on Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, and for you iOS users on the Overcast app. Plus, if you still aren't aware, NHTE is available on Spotify, so be sure to follow the show on there. Joining me today on location here in Anaheim, California at the 2019 Winter NAM Show, my guest is a guitarist and producer. He has been featured in Guitar Player Magazine and has appeared on Good Morning America. He is a voting member of the Recording Academy and has played at very notable venues around the U.S. and has toured internationally. He is also an Army veteran, having served our country to include two deployments to Iraq been hearing a song of his entitled Sin Desir. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Carrie Marshall. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Let's start off, of course, as we always do every week, by having you talk about the song of yours that we were just playing called Sin Desir. So the song came about because I found an artist friend of mine that was on Instagram. She's from Venezuela. And so I wanted to do something kind of like... I love this story already. You found it on Instagram. Instagram, yeah, definitely. From Venezuela. From Venezuela. So she was here in L.A., and I wanted to kind of take a Robert Glasper approach to doing like kind of crossing genres. Like she, the, um, like I said, of course, the song is more of like a Latin kind of song, but I wanted to incorporate R&B vibes on top of a Latin song. So I wanted to marry the two. And so I talked to her about it. And so she was definitely down to do something that was like that. So we went into the studio and uh, we just started experimenting with sounds. And we found like this perfect marriage between R&B and this Latin song. And it's just like it's phenomenal because, again, I was able to like feel expressive and then the fact that the artist was like open to it and they really enjoyed what we were doing so it's always kind of difficult whenever you're trying to cross genres but whenever you find that perfect pairing it's just you have to roll with it so this song was just really amazing to create and really share with the world so let me have your back here just in case there's listeners that are going to say well if he's open to just finding people randomly on instagram i'm going to start hammering him with emails and with social (laughs) media outreach and see if he'll work with me are you open to... to I, I'm open to collab. The, the thing about being a creative is you never know. So um, if people have you know stuff or like mm-hmm. songs that they want to just kind of shoot out there and just want to see if it, it can kind of work, I'm open. I'm down to it. Like I said, again, I'm not just one of these people that just only works with like artists that are already with a label or whatever. Um, because, again, I'm a kid from Alabama, so I'm always open. So I'm always looking mm-hmm. for you know somebody that may have something that just maybe needs a platform or a push to kind of get their stuff out there. So Now, did I hear you say, and, and listeners, you can tell there's background noise. It's kind of one of the natures of the beast when you're on location at an event like this. But I do have my Tascam headphones on. I'm listening as intently as I can <laughs> to what Carrie is saying. But you were talking about crossing genres. Did I hear you say an army sound? 
Is that what uh, you said? An R and B. Oh, R and B. Yeah. Okay. So really, okay. just taking like because again, that's kind of like my specialty and forte. I play a lot of genres. I play with a lot of different artists and work with a lot of different artists. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to kind of cross two different genres of R and B and this Latin uh, vibe and really find like the perfect pairing and see what we can create. I was influenced by your being an Army veteran, and I yeah. thought, oh, this is going to be different. I can't wait to hear I what wish, he says. Of the I wish Army I had sound something is. like that. Yeah. <laughs> A well, bunch maybe, of people marching. I don't know. <laughs> maybe I've planted a seed. Maybe, maybe. you never know. You now. never know. It could be in the works. Uh, well, listeners, I introduced him as Kerry Marshall, but he's actually known as Kerry Too Smooth Marshall. How did you get that nickname? So it's a childhood nickname. I used to play in a group when I was like a little kid, and I was like really timid. I, w- I didn't want to move. I didn't. I was. I could play really well, but I was just one of those guys who stood in the same spot. And somebody introduced me, like, "Yeah, who was that kid over there?" And they're like, "Oh man, that's just too smooth," and it just stuck. So um, it just kind of became a, a nickname that I, I stuck with throughout. When I came and I got started and wanting to play professionally, I started doing a lot of like local touring back in Alabama. I had to think of a name like to, to brand myself. And so the name Too Smooth was kind of like what I used as like, since it was a nickname, I used it as my branding tool so that people could recognize when they saw me or they heard a specific sound that sounded like what I was doing. They'd be like, oh, man, that's Too Smooth. So that kind of became like my platform to use as, as far as branding. Well, I'm interested because... You took guitar lessons in high school. Carrie listeners actually learned how to play bass before guitar. Right. And you performed in church, but you originally, this is, I'm interested to hear how you got to where you are because you wanted to be a high school history teacher and a football coach. And then in college, you majored in stenography and criminal justice. So if somebody told me, (laughs) oh, there's this guy who wanted to be a high school history teacher and football coach, and in college, you majored in stenography and criminal justice. And they said, guess what he's doing now? I wouldn't guess right, what definitely. you're doing. Yeah, so like for me, like in high school, I wanted to play sports. I broke my knee when I was in ninth grade, so I knew that my football career was pretty uh, much over. But okay. I, for the love of the game, I wanted to like give back. So after high school, uh, I'm thinking, like, you know, I love history, so I majored in everything that was like had to do with history. But I went to the Army to kind of pay for college. And so my last year of being in the military was 9-11. So after 9-11 wow. happened, I was just like, oh, man, like, I, I really don't know if I want to go back into teaching. But music was always there. It's like always an outlet for me. So I never let it go. And I remember one time when we were out there in deployment, um, there was this huge talent show. And I won the talent show. And that day, like driving around to get all the equipment and everything, that's when I knew that I think I want to do this full time. So that's kind of like where I shifted. Because, again, before, like I wanted to teach history and coach football. That was like my go-to. And then after being in the military and after having that talent show, it was like life-changing for me. That's when I felt like, I want to be in entertainment. I want to play professionally. I want to tour the world because just that moment, driving across those different sand dunes, I just felt like this might be my calling. I just want to, you know, roll the dice and see what happens. And God bless you because what I have started to notice, and and I apologize past guests if any of you should be mentioned on this short list and aren't, but way, way, way back in the early days of Now Hear This Entertainment, episode 20 was Ryan Weaver, and episode 49 was Mark Goujon. Please go back and listen to both of those episodes. It doesn't matter how old they are. As you can tell, the overwhelming majority of the content on NHTE is evergreen, so it doesn't matter if you're listening to it four years later or four weeks later. I'm bringing up those two because they both served our country, and it seems to me as though, and I'm putting this in the form of a question, that one of the things that they must instill in you in the Army is that it's not about you, and I know that's what we as Christians believe, but at the same time... You just told this story that, oh, yeah, you know, I, I won this talent show, which is, in a, is a big deal in and of itself. He, he performed in front of 
2,000 troops, right. and this was in Kuwait, mind right. you. And you're not saying any of that. You're being very humble and just kind of saying, like, oh, you know, I won this thing, and it kind of made me think. But is that something that the Army teaches you as guys? You know, you're here for the country and not yeah, for yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a team environment. And like, the one thing that they always instilled in us was, like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So you want to include – it's an inclusive type of environment. Um, you want to make sure everybody on your team, because it's team, 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 24-7 that they preach or whatever. So, yeah, you don't really have, like, individual accolades. You're always thinking about your team because, again, that's how you excel. That's how you win. That's how you progress forward is about team. So, yeah, I'm not one of these guys that likes to, like, bloat and gloat about myself because I'm always thinking about, like, who I'm working with, how can I make the situation better for all of us versus just, you know, I did this and, and I did that. So Well, and certainly for those who are listening that are aspiring entertainers themselves, that's a great attitude to of have course. because if you're on stage with – three other people with seven other people exactly you have to realize that they're all vital to your performance definitely and you can't do this by yourself like i tell you all the time like i'm a phenomenal guitarist but i need a band i need a singer i could play various things by myself and you know it may sound okay but it won't give you the full parameter of what it can really be unless you have the team and if you have a jacked up attitude it's going to make people not want to work with you that's one of the things that i learned about even just touring i, I thought it just had to do when i first got here was about your skill set and what I learned was it's about personality because if you have a jacked up personality, you could be the best musician or whatever. Nobody wants to take you on the road. Nobody wants to gig with you. Nobody wants to tour with you because, again, you're only on stage maybe 45 minutes, maybe two hours, and then you're on the bus for that long period of time. And if we can't get along in that period of time, you'll never be working. You'll be great, but you'll be at the house. Yeah, and listeners, we've heard this a couple times from guests where I will end up saying that when Victor Wainwright was a guest on the show, Victor said, if you're on the road with the same group of guys and gals day after day after day, he has said, I'd rather be with someone in my band who is a good person and maybe isn't the best guitarist. Cause he said, you could have the best guitarist, you could have the best bass player, the best drummer. But if as people, they're not someone that you really don't want to deal with it. You just don't want to deal with those attitudes. I mean, like, because you have to think about you're in a confined space, either on a bus or traveling on, on planes, and you're around these people all the time. So their attitudes are all jacked up. You don't want to be. You don't want to deal with that. You're like you already have enough stuff to deal with, like thinking about the show or meet and greets afterwards. To have to deal with your personnel and your team, and that energy is so negative. Like I've seen a lot of artists. Like even before I went on the road when I first moved here, would be like, let's just hang out. Let me see what kind of person you are. I don't even care about you playing guitar right now. Let me see what you are, and because what I've even seen as uh, you know. An MD or even working with different artists, if guys maybe aren't up to standard, but they have a great personality, that's what rehearsal's for. We'll get you up to that spot, you know what I'm saying? Or we'll do the various things with the track to try to, like, you know, minimize stuff that you may not be good at. Because, again, you're a great person. And we'd rather just, you know, be like, person's a good person. They may not have necessarily the, the skill, but we'll get, we'll work it. We'll get there. I like it. I like yeah. it. And truth be told, if there is off the stage um listeners i'm kind of butting my fists up right. against each other you know people who are clashing oh. off the stage it's going to bleed through in the live you performance. can see it you can feel the energy like i've been on stages before where i've seen people have conflict before we get on stage the energy is off like you know music is one of those things like it, it's, it sets the atmosphere people can feel it people can sense it even when you're performing the artist will know or the band will sense it and they'll know that something is off even if you had like i tell people a lot of times before we go on stage if I'm MDing a situation, I have a 30-minute policy. No cell phones, no messages, no nothing wow. 30 minutes prior to. Because, again, sometimes you can get a jacked-up message right before you go on the set. Uh, and it changes your whole, like, because you're thinking about whatever you got to deal with wow. before you go on stage. So I, I try to do, like, a 30-minute policy, like, no cell phones, no messages. Let's just put them to the side. Wow. After the show, 
you have at it. You do whatever you need to do. But before, because, again, we want to make sure that we're prepared to do what we got to do. Because, again, if, if one of us is off, all of us are off. I love that. I love that. So is you were talking about in your, your earlier days. So Fifth Element was a band that performed all over Mississippi, Atlanta, Nashville, mm-hmm. and at the BET Awards. Yeah. So Fifth Element was like my, my hometown band. Like when I got out of the military, I came home. Mind you, I was not very good. I just had a passion for it. And so um, an old friend of mine, childhood friend of mine, had started a band and was like, we need a guitar player. Like if you want to do the slot, you know, you got to learn these many songs in this many days so we can get ready for rehearsal. So I locked myself in and I learned to the best of my ability. I got to rehearsal and they hazed me because, again, I was like, <laughs> I was because I, I was really the weakest link. And I was trying to figure out how to get there. But they really helped me cut my teeth. You know, as far as like learning how to perform, learning how to play with tracks, learning how to rehearse, learning all the elements about the band, doing the groundwork where we had to drive across the country. All the stuff that you hear about, you see in movies, that's where I cut my teeth before I actually like decided to go to L.A. to be on a, you know, more of a national, international platform. So they really gave me they gave me a shot when nobody else was really looking at me. And so I appreciate them, you know, just because, again, like it helped you know, help me cut my teeth, help me really get my foundation and my fundamentals that I needed to have in order to get to the next level. But was the BET Awards performance, is that what pushed you to pursue yeah, so, music full-time? Well, I wanted to pursue it full-time. I just didn't have the opportunities. And so, because being from Alabama, like, logistically, it just didn't make sense for people to fly me out everywhere. Like, if I wanted to do a certain genre of music, like country or singer-songwriter, definitely. But I wanted to do more pop, R&B, hip-hop, something on a larger scale, because... The thing that I was experiencing back in my hometown, I would be playing for some of the local artists or various artists, and I would be telling some of my friends or people at my church or just whatever, these, these are the artists that I play for. And I could see in their face that they didn't know who I was playing for. And I would like, you know, be trying to sing the song, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, I got it. But I knew in their face they were like, <laughs> they were just trying to appease me. So I wanted to be, you know, with artists who I could just say, this is the person that I play for. And people would be like, oh, I know who that is. So that's what, that was the challenge for me to be like, okay, you know, move to L.A., the BT experience was I got a call to actually perform at the BT experience. And when I was there in soundcheck, people were asking where I was from. So there was like a keen interest. And I was like, people are like asking where I'm from. Where, where was that taking place? It took place here in L.A. Oh, okay. So I flew to L.A. We did, we did the show. In soundcheck, people were like, man, if you, if you think about moving here, you'll never like not work. So that kept eating at me. I was like, man, I, I want to <laughs> do it. But, you know, being from Alabama, I know the cost of living was a little different. So I just went back home and saved money and then decided to bet on myself, give myself a year. If it didn't pan out, I could always go back to Birmingham. But the year before you moved to L.A., this is a different band mm-hmm. that Carrie was in, listeners, called Nerdy Tunes, N-U-R-D-Y. Nerdy yes. Tunes won first place in the Strange Arrange competition and were awarded $10,000 yes. and an opportunity to remake a live version of one of Music Soul Child's records in the studio with him. This was an incredible experience. Reason, like I said, the power of social media and the power of the internet. I had never met anybody on that band a day in my life. Like I knew them via like Facebook and like Instagram and um, Instagram wasn't even that big at that time. It was Facebook, more Twitter and definitely like YouTube. And so they reached out to me like, we need a guitar player for this competition. Like, would you be down to do it? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So they just sent me the re- rehearsal recordings because they were all at Berkeley. I'm in Alabama, so of course the distance. I can't drive up there. So they sent me this stuff. I'm thinking that when we get to soundcheck, we'll get an actual rehearsal. They were like, we're only limiting to soundcheck to maybe 10 minutes, pretty much a line check, and no rehearsal. So I wow. like when I say like I'm really walking on faith, 
because again, I've never played with in-ears before. This is my first time playing with in-ears, first time playing with tracks at this magnitude because again, they go to school for music, so they, they know how to put all that stuff together. I'm just a guy from Alabama that loves to play guitar, but I don't know how it all works, you know. And so we went on stage, I'm praying, I'm like, God, please just let me, you know, let me do my part because I don't want to mess it up, you know, for these guys because these guys are definitely way more serious, you know, and I want to be at that level. And when we won, when I say it blew me away because I had to do a church service at another church in Birmingham and I already scheduled myself. When I found out we won, I was, I couldn't believe it because I was like, we didn't even rehearse. Like we just, (laughs) and we won. So I had to call, you know, the church was like, this is what happened. Um, you know, and so they excused me or whatever. And then we did the next day we went in and recorded the song with music soul child. And that changed my life because now I saw that I have a skill and this skill can literally open up many doors that I never thought. I mean, like, so many people want to play guitar, want to play an instrument, and want to do whatever. And, you know, like, it's a dream. So for you to be like, I actually get to live my dream, I, that's, so far, that's like unheard of in my hometown. So I was grateful. But getting back to how you said that they just sent you the songs and you yeah, had they to just learn email them. me. It sounds to me a lot like recently on this show was Mick Mahan, who is the bass player for Pat Benatar. And okay. the advice that he was giving out was he said, you need to learn an artist's songs who you could potentially be playing with backwards forwards it's true inside very out. true and he said you never know what they'll you call never you, know. you just you, have to know it you have to be ready like your hand. one of the things that i always talk about is like you be ready that way you don't have to get ready if you stay mm-hmm. ready that you way you're always prepared so for me like again like i said songs that you potentially could be playing for like learn them like know them i mean to the point that where i can like close my eyes and play the song that's how familiar that i want to be with the song so i'm where I'm, if i'm on stage if i ask to play whatever i'm comfortable you know, I can sight read, but, you know, still you feel a little uncomfortable when you're on stage. I'd rather just know it so that way, like, regardless of what, if something just hiccups and the track skips or something happens, I still know where we are, you know, and that's where you want to be at. I like it. I like it. So I mentioned in the intro, there's been others on the show, but it's always fascinating to talk to someone who is a voting member of the Recording Academy. And, and this is very coincidental timing because we're about to have the Grammy Awards. I know, right? Yeah. Obviously something that is probably one of the highlights of your Definitely. Recording Academy membership, having the, having the privilege of being able to do that. Right. The ballot comes out, and I believe you're, correct me on this mm-hmm. if I'm wrong, you're actually able to submit your yeah, own. You, you can submit your own. So, like, if I have an album out, if I have um, a single out that I feel that I believe, or whatever, if it meets the criteria, yes, I can submit it. And then I kind of got to go on a campaign to let people know about it so the way they can go vote for it but what does that mean in terms of if you played guitar on someone else's song can you say hey i can submit this for you or i can't like so i can hint i can let them know because i I am a voting member Mm -hmm. a lot of times you have a lot of artists that may not necessarily be voting members but you know they feel really strongly about their song or the album the body of work and because i am a voting member i can submit it or if their label wants to do it i can just be like you know i can lean on them a little bit and so it's great to be to be able to have that privilege to be able to do that Okay, so the Recording Academy don't have parameters that say, no, you, quote-unquote, all you did is just play guitar. No. This, this mm-hmm. isn't your song. This is someone else's. Wow, right. that's terrific. Yeah, especially because it's someone's going to think twice and say, well, maybe we should work with Carrie because, yeah. you know, if there's a chance that he you can get that in, in yeah, definitely, definitely. Wow, so, so that, that's another asset that you bring in exactly. addition to, I mean, it should just be all about your guitar playing. Right. And, and your capabilities as a producer, but exactly. certainly they're going to look twice 
face and say, and there's another great reason right. that, that we should work with him. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you've performed as a lead guitarist with Jason Derulo and many, many others, but just Jason in particular, how, how did the two of you come together? So um, a, a good friend of mine, Chuck Gibson, um, was playing for Kendrick Lamar at the same time, and he was like, um, we did Legacy together, and he was like, I got a situation, um, I need a guitar player to sub for me, with um, Jason Derulo in Morocco. That was my first gig. He's like, we only have one rehearsal. It's like 14 hours, but you have uh, probably 30 songs you need to learn just to make sure you're ready for the show. He sent it to me. He's like, do you want to do it? I was like, yeah, man, I would be honored. So did the show, um, went to Morocco and played in front of 150,000. And just that adrenaline rush that I had right there, being on a riser, seeing the whole performance, because pop music is more than you just playing. It's just like the show within the show. So seeing dancers, seeing confetti, seeing smoke, all of that stuff, pyro at the same time, I was like, this is something that I wanted to do every single day. So the fact that Chuck entrusted me in order to sub for him, which in turn to me gigging, like I was on tour with him for like two years. Wow. Yeah. And I literally was everywhere. I've been everywhere. Yeah. In fact, you played international dates with Jason in Dubai, Malaysia, Malta, Hungary, Switzerland, Germany, the uh, the Morocco show. Carrie said this, listeners, but again, 150,000 plus in Morocco. That's it looked like a sea of people. Like, that's all I can remember. And the night before, Justin Timberlake and his band performed the night before. So I got a chance to, like, sit in the front row. They let us go with VIP, sit in the front row and watch it. And I was just, it was such an experience. And just to know that I was going to be on wow. the same stage the following night, I mean, blew my mind. But talk about that, because w- what is that like as someone who is viewing it from the perspective of, okay, I'm going to be on that stage tomorrow night. What what type of mental notes are you taking versus just appreciating Justin Timberlake's show, meaning all of this is very right. different from the fan who's sitting exactly. there because they just want to hear Justin so sing. So as a musician, as a person that does this, like what you do is you, you want to look at the stage. You want to look at how it sounds, how it feels to be in the audience because, again, you want to know the kind of perspective that it, the audience is going to have when you're up there. And then, too, as a guitarist, I'm taking notes. I'm like, I'm watching what they're doing. I'm watching how they interact with the artists on stage, how their solos sound. Like, are they doing a lot of notes? Are they taking single notes? How does it feel in the room? Because, again, when you're playing outside, sometimes long notes travel a lot better than you trying to just shred the whole time because, again, it's so jumbled up. And then it just doesn't carry as far. So, like, understanding the, the various nuances of how it goes. So, like, partly, like, I'm a fan. Like, I heard certain songs, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I get to be a fan. And then there's other sides of me. Like, I'm seeing the technical side of, okay, cool. The stage is only this big. Okay, it sounds this way. Like, be mindful of when I get ready to take a solo. All right, when you get ready to step on stage, watch for this. Look for this. This is how big the crowd could possibly potentially be. So, it's just so many things. It's almost like being an athlete and you're watching game tape. Okay, and you're watching okay. the team before you're like, okay, cool. How do they play this? Or this is how this is what the adjustments I need to make in order to make sure that I have a good show. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's a great analogy. I should mention, listeners, if you never heard episode 117, my guest was David Serrero. Uh, he actually just performed in Morocco. I want to say in the last maybe 48 hours. So wow. Some neat irony there. Go back and listen to that interview. He's actually from Paris, so that that was a little more on the on the different side. As you can hear in the background, we are, as I said, on location at the <laughs> yes. NAM show in Anaheim. And as always, I want to thank Tascam. Uh, without them, I don't know how I would be recording this because I've got the DR44WL, the handheld recorder uh, that Carrie and I are recording into. We both are talking into the TM60 microphones. 
which are different from the TM280 that you hear me record on when I'm not on location, which I really like how it accentuates the, the low end. But these TM60s are great. I could just record directly into the DR44WL. It has built-in microphones. It's also Wi-Fi capable. So if that's something that you want to just sing some song ideas into, that's an option for you. I've got my Tascam headphones on, which are really helpful in a loud environment like this. But as I tell you all the time, whatever you're doing in music, if you just want to record some demos, if you actually are recording singles, EPs, full albums, there's a whole, whole, whole long line of gear from Tascam. They've been in the business for more than 40 years. So check them out at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Carrie, you spent five months abroad in Beijing a few years mm-hmm. ago, 2016, and you launched a successful online course via SoundSlice, yep. and, and it became a, a bestseller on that site. Tell the listeners what I'm referring to. So, yeah, so when I was in Beijing, there was a band out of Canada called uh, Groove Academy, and they were looking for a guitarist. And at that particular time, I was like a downtime for me in my um, touring or whatever. So I was like, I've never been to Beijing. I have an opportunity to go stay at a really, really nice hotel and travel while I'm there. So they extended you know, an invitation. I went, and, and they liked everything that they heard. So they were like, yeah, cool. Um, so I went to Beijing, got a chance to travel, got a chance to see everything that I, I was dreaming about. Great Wall of China, all the temples, all the different kind of, uh, you know, just the lifestyle or whatever. And got a chance to play in front of, like, different crowds every night, which is kind of cool. I think as a musician, you kind of need sometimes to have that international residency because it's just like, it's like paying your dues. It's like understanding, like, okay, this is a part of the journey. I'm doing it. I'm have that exposure so the way that you don't ever have to like wonder what it's like. So you see what you're missing out on or whatever. So that was really cool. While I was there, because again, I had so much notoriety prior to, I was with this company called SoundSlice, and I put out two R&B courses, and it, they just went viral. Everybody was just like, "Oh my God, I want to learn how you do this, how you approach music, how you, you know, your chord structure, your licks, whatever." And it was just a great, awesome platform to be able to work with SoundSlice because, again, it just allowed my name and what I do um, to go to a different level because, again, I, I just the way that I share, the way that I approach music is different from a lot of other guitar players. So it's, I kind of felt like I got a chance to be like, you know, like a Jimi Hendrix, like a B.B. King, like a, like a John Mayer, to have that level of influence on the guitar community. I was really grateful for that opportunity. But we've talked on this show before with a few guests about the whole concept of something going viral yeah. and the fact that, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't know how something goes viral. It just does. But at the same time, I like to believe, and for your education, by the yeah. way, a large part of the listening audience of the show every week is people who are listening because they're up and comers that oh, are trying you. to learn from me and my guests. So as much as you're shaking your head and agreeing with me that, yeah, you, you can't make something go viral, it just does. Was there something, though, that you felt in the process that, look, I got to say, it did help that such and such I mean I, I would say that I, I was offering something that people obviously wanted I mean when I th- when I thought about like guitar playing you normally hear a lot of rock you hear normally hear a lot of blues um, you may hear country people teaching it but nobody really taught R&B and so R&B was my niche and that's what I really wanted to like kind of put my feet in the ground and really like be like I want to put that emphasis on so I was able to offer something that a lot of people weren't offering but the validation that I had from playing with all these different artists being on these different platforms it made it it made me credible so again like you know i can say like okay this person played for such and such he was on good morning america he did this so then it's just like i have more credibility as a as a performer as a teacher and then the style of what i was playing was so unique that people were like i want that like how where do i get that and so it just kind of took off because again now that people realize it was available and they can go there and they can learn yeah and similarly uh 
we've talked about how does a blog end up going viral and it's right. like it just does but I like that you're saying if it's something that people are obviously looking for yeah. for whatever reason the one that popped into my mind is I did a blog and listeners I'm sorry I'm not in front of my computer so I can't <laughs> look this one up but it was either called uh, five mistakes to avoid on Instagram or six mistakes to avoid on Instagram or right. something like that so you know people are looking like okay yeah well, what, what should I not exactly. do because you know but if you're writing about something that appeals to you and your next door neighbor and your yeah. best friend it's not going like, to go very far yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> good advice good good insight so the, the international stuff aside I was saying in the intro that you've performed at some really terrific venues I'm not going to list them all but I mean here alone in the in the greater Los Angeles area uh, the Troubadour Whiskey A Go Go Hard Rock Cafe the Mint Hotel Cafe the Hollywood Bowl that, yeah. that's a cool <laughs> one but then complete opposite side of the country at Radio City Music Hall yeah that was so I got a chance which was really cool so um, an artist from my hometown Sebastian Cole who wrote all the songs for Alessia Cara on her first album um, she wanted to take him out to be her opener so one of the, the spots was uh, the Radio City Music Hall. And I was just like, when I saw that, like, on the schedule in the email, I was like, man, you got to be kidding me. So it was just he and I. We both went out there as a duo. And we rocked in front of all these people. And I just could not believe it just because, again, it's a person from my hometown. We grew up doing music together. And we always, you know, like kids, you know, you talk about, man, one day we're going to be doing this. You know, and sometimes it seems a little far-fetched because it's so big. You know, like you believe it, but you don't really believe it. Yeah. To look at that point and be out there when we were doing sound check and we we're just looking around, I'm like, man, we talked about this like 10 years ago, and now we're here at this moment doing this. So, it definitely blew my mind. It definitely let me know like, if you have faith and you put in the work and you just like kind of stay consistent with it, because again, music is one of those things that you're going to get a lot of no's, you're going to get a lot of people because it's subjective. It just is what it is. But you just kind of got to have like this demeanor, like, okay, they may say no. I mean, make the adjustments and keep moving forward. Don't let me be distracted. Don't let me, like, you know, quit. Let me encourage myself or be around people that I know can encourage me in order to be successful. So was it a case of when he got the opportunity to open for her, he already knew that it was going to be you and him? Or was it, hey, man, I got this opportunity. Do you want to go and play guitar with me? Well, see what happened. We were already on tour. We were already opening up for her, like, all in Europe. And so, like, us working together, he was like, do you mind? But, I mean, even before all that started, when he first got the opportunity to open for her... He reached out. He just reached out. I mean, the fact he was like, look, I got this opportunity. Um, Do you want to play? Like, you know, and I was just like, stop, like, stop playing with me. Like, I'm yes, I would love to do it. Wow. Because, again, like, he knew that I was touring with a lot of other different artists. But, like, you're the hometown. You're the home team. Like, I want to definitely work with people from my hometown as we can all come up together because again like what better story than that to say like we're two kids from Birmingham who like had a dream who used to perform locally now they get the chance to be at such a large venue that's historical listeners I'm on location at the Winter Nam show in Anaheim California and my guest today is Carrie Marshall also known as Carrie 2 Smooth Marshall guitarist producer and instructor Visit him online on his official website, which is carry2smooth.com, and we will have a link to it from the show page for this episode on nhte.net. He's very much on social media. You can connect with Kerry on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and the music that he has released so far is available on all the usual digital music outlets, so do support him by purchasing his music from iTunes or wherever it is that you buy your music from. In terms of this show, we are all over social media as well. In particular, I want to remind you once again about our Facebook group, 
which is called NHTE Listeners. If you want to search for it on Facebook or just go to NHTE.net, and there is a button there that says Join Our Facebook Group. Click on that. Come on in and talk with a few past guests, with myself, with other listeners, and it's all in the NHTE Listeners Group on Facebook. You've also had the opportunity as a session guitarist to record in studio sessions for a lot of people, uh, one of which caught my attention, which is Michael Bolton. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I was, yeah. Like I said, a lot of times when you're there and um, you get these emails, and like, I I mean, because again, like, um, these are like people that I've always looked up to, people that I've always wanted to work with. So I see, see these emails come across, and I'm like, I think I'm getting catfished because this can't be real. Like, <laughs> so it just blows me away. And I'm able to work in these um, these different platforms and work with these artists that I've always looked up to. So I was definitely blown away to be able to chance to work on this record. But when you're a when you're doing this when you're a session guitarist, yeah, is it you're always having to go to the studio where that project is being recorded, or can you do it remotely and just send them? It just depends. It really depends on the artist. A lot of times, um, I do get called, and they will let me do it remotely. Um, and there's certain times where the artist is like. I would love for you to be here just so we can work on the energy because again, you know, like it's, I can send them whatever and they can tell me like, okay, fix this, do this, change this, or no, it's perfect. But you know, it's a difference when you're in the room with somebody else and you can feel that energy and be like, oh, so that's what you want, you know, without having to go back and forth, you know, every situation is different. So it's really artist dependent, just whatever they feel comfortable with. Okay. So you're known for your signature sound. Explain to the listeners what, what exactly that sound is. So I feel like my sound is like a pot of gumbo. So I, I use, <laughs> I tell people all the time, it's got gospel influences. It's definitely got R&B influences. It's got singer-songwriter influences. And, and I, I found a way to kind of marry them all together. It's just like, you know, when you're cooking and you're putting in the, all the different kind of seasonings. So you, you get this, like, like I call it a pot of gumbo. Like, it tastes right. So essentially, I've been massaging this particular sound for, like, years. I started out, like I said, again, having heavy gospel influences. But I wanted to, like, morph it because, again, I started hearing different kind of artists or different kind of music. So my ear changed. So what I wanted to play or how I wanted to play, my approach changed. So in doing so, it's just like over the years have been perfecting it to like I have something that is like so unique that, you know, people either want to try to duplicate it or call me to, to do it themselves. I mentioned in the intro that you appeared on Good Morning America. Yeah. What was that? How did that come to be? So I got a chance to appear on Good Morning America twice. So the first time was with Lettucey. And um, that was phenomenal because, again, I'm telling my parents, I'm, if, you, if you look at that show, like, I'm, so, I'm smiling so big behind <laughs> her. And I'm trying to calm down. And so everybody told me, they're like, bro, you were smiling so big. Because, again, it's just like, it's like a dream come true. Like I said, again, I'm a kid from a small town. And um, to be able to have that opportunity, I was smiling so big. The next time when I was on there with Jason Derulo, I was a little bit more cool, reserved, because I was like, I've been here before. I can calm down a little bit. But yeah, when I was about Lettucey, I was like directly behind her and I was smiling so big. And that's what everything was saying. They were like, bro, we got it. We, we get you. We know, we know you're happy. We know you're excited. Like just tone it down. But I, I couldn't help it. Uh, Carrie is also the founder of Carrie's Camp. Yeah. Um, it's an online guitar community helping beginners to advanced guitarists. Just explain a little bit more about so, that to the listeners. Sound Slice was so successful that I wanted to do something on my own. It was successful, but it was limiting at the same time because I can only put out two courses. And I wanted to do something that was more interactive with the students because, again, I, I remember being that guy wanting to learn, wanting to grow my craft, and Sound Slice would only could get you so far. I really did it just mainly for, like, the intermediate to the advanced, and I kind of didn't do anything for the beginner. So Carrie's Camp is like 
It's like my baby. I get to walk you through. If you're a beginner, I get to walk you all the way to the finish line. Or at least push you enough to where if you want to open your wings and you want to fly, you can definitely fly in whatever direction. So I became really passionate about it because, again, I've always wanted to give back. But I wanted to give back kind of like in the way that I was able to do it. Because a lot of times when you work on different platforms, they be like, oh, that's good enough. Or this is enough. We don't need any more. And I wanted to be able to give the new guitarists coming in so much information and so much stuff and have all the tools that they felt like if they wanted to go out and maybe become professional or just play at their local church or play in their garage, that they could play in such a way that people would appreciate their gift. Because I remember how it was like growing up and not being able to play exactly what I, I felt or what I heard in my head and how frustrated I was. So I always told myself once I got to a certain level in my career that I was always going to give back. So I, I'm grateful that I was able to get with my team and we created Carrie's Camp. And essentially what it is is a camp. It's like a community. So when you come in, I want to make sure I want to give you everything. I do live monthly Q&As where I, I sit and I talk to all the students. I'm like, you can ask me whatever question you want. It's a song request. So you want to know how to play a song, I'll show you the, the wow. official way. Wow. I show you, like, if we wanted to change a couple of different things, then I show you. I call it the sauce. Like, if you want the sauce, then I show you how to play it through. So that way you have enough that you can kind of glean whatever you want in order to get to the right place. So, And then it's interactive. So that way, like, if you're – I have some students that are here. Like, they're from different places. Oh, but, wow. like, they're like, oh, I'm coming to NAMS. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be performing here. Come hang out. So it's like it's an interactive community. So let's say if you're a touring musician, you happen to be on the road. If you know somebody in Carrie's camp. Hey, I'm in, I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. I need such and such. Oh, it's a camper. Mm. I can help you out. So it's like I wanted to make it like it's a family. So I'm really Fantastic. grateful that it's, it's really taken off. Like I said, we got over, well over 200 students, Fantastic. and it's, just, it's continuing to grow. So it's, it's, mm. it's incredible. That's tremendous. And listeners, at this point, I've got to tell you, I was going to say if you're a beginner, but if you're intermediate and advanced and you've been playing and you just really aren't sold that the sound that you're getting isn't exactly what you thought you wanted, do look at Boulder Creek guitars. I play a Boulder Creek guitar. I mentioned Mick Mahan, the bass player for Pat Benatar. He plays a bass from Boulder Creek guitars. Country star Lee Bryce. There's huge names. Players from Fleetwood Mac, from Three Doors Down. A lot of people that are playing Boulder Creek guitars that you may not be aware of. If you go on bouldercreekguitars.com, you'll see their full artist roster. You'll see dealers where you can get your hands on a boulder creek guitar and most importantly you'll read about their suspended bracing system which is what really makes them unique you're going to look at the boulder creek guitar and you're going to think like oh wow that looks really different never mind the appearance yes it's cool but as carrie would tell you it's all about the sound that yes, you get you from your instrument. so make sure you check out bouldercreekguitars.com it's b-o-u-l-d-e-r i'm also really impressed carrie over 41,000 YouTube subscribers yep. and over a million views. But here's what Carrie does, listeners, that I really like. A new video released every Tuesday. Yep, every Tuesday. R&B guitar lessons, um, how to play with more soul, ideas for soloing, how to choose the right guitar, how I work with an artist, tutorials for cover. There's over 220 original videos and tutorials. That's amazing. I don't know yeah. where you get the time to do all this. I mean, the thing that I, like, I, I realize is like, I just have to, like, figure out a schedule. So I create a schedule, and I have a team to where, like, all I'm really in charge of is just creating content, and my team will do all the editing for me. So if I had to edit everything, it would definitely take me a long time. But I was, like I said, again, I have an amazing team where they, I could just create the content, and then I just shoot it to them. Now, if there's some questions about whatever, then I'll just, like, I'll go and I'll fix whatever. But they allow me to have the space because, again, like I said, I am super busy. But, like, creating a system and having a format, you know, a system in place, it just makes everything that much more doable. Okay, here, I'm going to put you on the spot because one challenge that I face, yeah. and listeners, I'll admit it, when I first started writing the blog on the website, 
I don't know, four and a half years ago, I thought, oh, I'll write something every week. Sure, I've, I've got a lot to say. I, I want to help people. I've got a lot of experience to, to write from and, and information that people are going to be able to implement right away. And now it's four and a half years later. And right. every Monday I sit there and I go, oh, my gosh, what am I going to write about now? So how do you come? I mean, as I just said, over 220 original videos. Right. How do you keep thinking up something new every week? Well, Help the, me out. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing about it is, is like I try to make it as basic as possible, right? So when I first started doing this, I was overthinking the concepts of what the stuff I needed to come up with. And I was giving so much information and a limited amount of space to where I could dissect what I was giving everybody and make it multiple videos at the same time. So that's what I started to do was go back and realize, like, I, I taught essentially in one video. I taught maybe 10 lessons, but I just gave it to everybody at one time. Let me go back and dissect those sections. Uh, that's 10 videos. Okay. okay. So that way that, you know, I just had to start thinking about it in the, like, the lowest terms. And then sometimes, too, like I said, again, of doing the monthly Q&A or people will leave comments. They kind of help me suggest, like, ideas of stuff that they want to learn. So, that's again, that's more information that I can use in order to create content. Uh, we're in the home stretch here, but certainly want to give you an opportunity to talk about your highly anticipated sophomore album titled Modern Art. Um, when can we expect the album? You've already released a single called Puppy Love, which we're going to play shortly, but... Just talk about that project. So yeah, so I'm this year. I would love to try to finish everything. I'm, I'm in the process. You know, as a creative, we we all we want to be in the right space. We want to have the right energy. So I'm still developing songs, still picking out and choosing artists. So prayerfully, maybe by the end of the year. If not, then like I said, 2020. Like you can be looking to have better vision because I'll give you <laughs> the music. <laughs> okay, now something that really resonates with me is you're a sports fan so huge you're born in north carolina you yes. grew up in birmingham alabama you live in los angeles so you're either a carolina panthers fan or you follow college and maybe you're follow college fan. oh listen and what about the the rams are you a i'm rams a huge fan? Rams. so luckily I, I being from north carolina i'm a huge tar heels fan so that, okay. that covers my basketball being from Alabama, I'm a huge Crimson Tide. Like, I lose my mind with the Crimson Tide. <laughs> and, of course, being here, like, I'm a Rams fan just because, again, like, when the Rams came here, you had to pick and choose. So um, I literally have the best of all three because I get a chance to, like, celebrate and cheer for whatever team would not feel like it's crossing paths or whatever. But, yeah. And uh, Super Bowl, what do you think? I mean, I feel like the Rams are going to win. Like, why not? Why not us? Why not our time? You know, it's been a minute. Uh, Tom Brady is great, but I feel like we have a great defense and we have a good offense. We just have to minimize mistakes and play our game, and I feel like we can win. Well, and nobody asked me, but <laughs> in the case of the Patriots, I think that you know, Tom Brady made a statement a few weeks ago that everybody says that we suck. And so they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. At the same time, I'm not saying that they suck, but a lot of chinks in their armor have been exposed during the season. Very true. So, I mean, with, with the great staff that the Rams have, I think that they're just going to go into the lab and dissect it. I hope and say, so. Yes, I really here's hope how so. they can be beaten. I hope so. Like I said, I mean, we've seen that the Patriots have lost this season, so they are beatable. The thing about you can never count Tom Brady out. So in that case, like you just you really have to plan. The, the Super Bowl is going to be whoever makes the fewest amount of mistakes will win. So if we can make the fewest amount of mistakes, I see us getting a W. So beat the hoodie, yeah. Beat the hoodie. I'm telling you, I'm ready. So I just mentioned it, but we are going to close with a song of yours called "Puppy Love." It's an instrumental, but still, if you would just talk about this song, if you would please. So "Puppy Love" was I love the band Snarky Puppy. So I have a, a lot of friends that are in that band, and so what I wanted to do was create like an ode to Snarky Puppy. So hence "Puppy Love." And what I did was I, I took like six songs that I like and I kind of fused it all into one. And I made like this long masterpiece, if you will, of just 
it's a journey. So when you listen to the beginning all the way to the end, it, it takes you on a roller coaster ride, ebbs and flows of life, plus the excitement just that you hear in the music. So that's why I created this song called Puppy Love as an ode to the, to the band Snarky Puppy. Outstanding. Carrie, thanks for making time to sit oh, down. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I'm, yeah, I'm grateful. Absolutely. All the best to you in 2019. I appreciate Congratulations it. on everything that you're Thank doing. You. Really Same to you guys. Stuff. Same Thank to you guys. You. Thank you. Listeners, that will do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to my guest, Carrie Too Smooth Marshall, <laughs> Thank guitarist, you. Thank producer, you. Thank we'll you. say instructor also because of the projects that you heard that he is doing with the camp and with YouTube. Again, visit him online at carry2smooth.com. We'll have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Do engage with him on social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Very easy to remember, carry2smooth on all of those platforms. When you hit carry2smooth.com, you can also connect over from there. Support him. Purchase the music that he has released already. It's available on all the usual digital media outlets such as iTunes, etc., And, of course, keep up with him online so that you can see when he does release his new album this year, and you can purchase that as well. Also, keep up with Carrie online for other news, including where and when you can go see him perform live. And keep up with our show, Engage With Us, Connect, in the Facebook group, which is called NHTE Listeners. Go to nhte.net and click on the blue button there that says Join Our Facebook Group. Come in and talk with me, talk with a few past guests, talk with other listeners. We'd love to see you there in the online community. In the meantime, thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Carrie Marshall. This is the one he just talked about. It's called Puppy Love.